Hey, what's up? And welcome to Play Hard and Love Big Radio. My name is Nick Clark, and I'm your host for today's show. So glad to be doing a 10-minute podcast with you. Uh, It's Tuesday, which means it's my day to do podcasts, which is why I'm here. But I have also been really enjoying Katie's podcasts on Play Hard and Love Big Radio every Thursday. So if, if you haven't had a chance to check those out, you should. She also does a Wellness Wednesday post on her blog. You can get there from spotteddogyoga.com. And there's a lot of really great health and nutrition tips on there that I think you'll dig. Another podcast that I'm in love with because I help produce it is, and because I love the man, is Baron Baptiste's new podcast, which is called Disrupting the Drift. And it's available in all places that distribute podcasts. I definitely think you should check it out. So between those, all those resources that I gave you, I really don't know if there's anything else that I can give you. I mean, goodness, there's a lot of really great ways to get inspired nowadays. And uh, that's what we're all about here at Play Hard and Love Big Radio, inspiring you and helping you be empowered to live your greatest life from a place of center, from a place of core, from a place of genuine authenticity. And... um more than anything, from just a place of presence. Like where you are right now is exactly where you are supposed to be. And that's the topic of this show is um, putting yourself out there. Because, well, that's the top. The topic is putting yourself out there. <laughs> um, because it's important if you just stay right where you are. Like I'm talking about, you know, in your seat that you're in right now or driving right now or at homework. If you just stay there and you don't do anything to change it, like if you just stay there, it's okay. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's also really important that you look forward and see what's possible and know where you're going, right? Know where you're going, but then come back and create the systems to live in a present way to get yourself where you want to go, where you know you're going to go. Um, And what it takes to do that is putting yourself out there. You have to put yourself out there. um, What made me think of this is my journey into fishing this year. You know, I grew up fishing on a lake in Colorado all the time, mainly lure fishing or bait fishing. Um, And it was fun. Like, I always enjoyed catching fish, but I, you know, I'd really never enjoyed fishing as much as I did this year when I picked up my fly rod and started learning to fly fish. Fly fishing is a totally different animal. I've talked about it on a few different podcasts, you know, but um, in fly fishing, not only are you learning to, you know, you use your equipment, um, you know, but you're also learning like etymology, like the flies that certain fish are eating at different times of year, year or the bugs that they're eating at different times of year. And, um, geez, I'm like so much still a beginner after a full year of learning to fly fish, uh, that it's really exciting. And, um, a couple of things made me think about the importance of putting yourself out there. First and foremost is that at the beginning of last year, I just said, I created with my words to the world, to God, that one thing I was going to do this year was learn to fly fish. I just put it out there. I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it, but I did. I said it. I said it multiple times so people could hear me, not just to myself. <laughs> I wasn't just speaking to myself. Uh, you know, I was say it, like, say it out loud. This summer I'm going to learn to fly fish. And 
Then what ultimately happened is I started to manifest this uh, opportunity of learning to fly fish. I started noticing, um, not noticing, but I started thinking about who it was in my life that could teach me how to fly fish or who would have the gear, who could teach me about the gear. And I realized that Katie's cousins are big time fishermen. They've lived up here in Idaho and Eastern Oregon their whole lives. And so I just started reaching out to them and said, Hey, I want to learn to fly fish. And what are waders and what are waiter boots? And I just started asking questions. And then the next thing you know, they let me borrow gear. Um, I pulled out a fly rod that my dad gave me like five years ago that had never been used before. And I've been on seven or eight different fly fishing trips. And so for me to actually learn to fly fish, I had to put myself out there vocally. And then I had to follow up and get in contact with people who could help me learn how to do it. And, you know, for some of you, it might be YouTube or Google, and that's just fine, too. But if you know anybody, uh, I think it's more valuable. People bring out the best in us, you know. And if you don't know anybody, maybe, you know, like in the realm of fishing, like there's you, you should definitely go check out a fishing store. Or if there's anything you want to learn, go to a store where someone's a professional and just ask questions. It's a great way to put yourself out there, and it's a great way to get the ball rolling. You know, and then there's another part of this that made me think about the importance of putting yourself out there. I went, um, I was up in Riggins, Idaho, fly fishing, and uh, I was also doing some lure fishing on the salmon and the little salmon river up there. We're trying to catch a steelhead. A steelhead is an ocean-bound trout that, I mean, they make their journey from their spawning grounds all the way into the ocean, and then they're in the ocean for a year to two years, and then they come back to their spawning ground it's super interesting, like fish have this like honing device inside of their heads that actually help them from the understanding of the vibration of the earth, the way that the world is turning, um, you know, the way that the water is moving. They can actually make their way back to their spawning ground. So the steelhead come back after a couple of years of eating yummy, yummy food in the ocean. And there are these massive trout and rainbow trout that had made this journey and, um, and Riggins and up in this area in Idaho, there's a really cool opportunity to go out and try and catch them. They're big fish. Well, I went to two different times. I went with my friend Roger for two nights and we were up there too early. We didn't see anything, no glimpse of a steelhead. I did catch a, a bull trout, which was super cool, but we were just ultimately there too early. So lesson learned, go, if you're going to go fishing for steelhead or salmon, go at the right time. <laughs> um, so I learned that lesson. Um, you know, and of course, when I got back, the kids were like, where's your fish, dad, what'd you catch? And I didn't have any fish to show them, but it just had a picture to show them. So at least I had a picture. The second time I went up to Riggins, I, um, fish for a whole Thursday afternoon and then an all day Friday. And again, did not catch any steelhead, but I did see someone, two different people, one person on the shore, 25 yards from me, pulled in a massive steelhead. And I asked him what he was fishing with and took and learned lessons from him for the next time. And then also I saw some people off a boat, like a hundred yards out in front of me, catch a steelhead. So I realized at that point that at least I had found a place where steelhead were. That's a big step in fishing because, if you know, if you're fishing in the wrong spot, then um, you're never going to catch a fish. Or if you're fishing with the wrong bait, you're never going to catch a fish. So um, I realized that I was in the right, right spot, but I was using the wrong bait. So, yeah, I learned a lot about it. And when I got back, Katie and the kids were both like, uh, so where are your fish at? <laughs> and um, I didn't have any fish. 
And I remember Katie saying to me, she said, well, was it worth it? And that's what made me think about this podcast today. Was it worth it? And the answer is, and was, and is, and should always be yes. Was it worth it? Every experience that we have in our life leads us someplace new. It helps us expand our understanding of the way things work. And it helps us grow as a person, um, whether that being like a better yoga teacher, a better, better yoga student, a better fisher, a better husband, a better wife, a better business professional. Every single thing that you do, every single interaction that you have, everything, life, period, everything in life, period, um, is worth it. If you do it, it's worth it. If you don't do it, it's worth it that you didn't do it. It's worth it that you did something else. Whatever you do is worth it. Was it worth it when I signed up for a 200-hour yoga teacher training program 13 years ago and had hardly done any yoga before and was scared and was dead broke? Yeah, it was worth it, you know? Was it worth it uh, having two kids and, um, you know, like dealing with everyday struggles of being a dad and uh, the challenges hundred percent worth it because the benefits outweigh the challenges always. It wasn't worth it to learn to mountain bike. The like the one time I went mountain biking, the first time I went mountain biking in Idaho, my friend Jim Sweeney had given me this really this uh bought bike that he had that was I think he got it at maybe at Walmart or something like that. Um nice bike, just you know, not like really decked out. And he gave it to me because my son Owen had just started riding his Strider around Folsom. And he said, hey, you know, here, I thought you might like this bike to chase your son around so you're not like running after him. And so he gave me this bike and I loved it. And I just chased Owen around with him and, and with it. And it was perfect. And when we got to Idaho, Katie's cousins invited me to go on this bike ride up at Bogus Basin, which is called Around the Mountain. And so I went up. It's a big mountain bike ride. And I took this bike with me and I'd had a few runs on dirt trails before on this bike. And anyway, I get going and from the first 200 yards randomly, something happens with the gears. And so Katie's cousin comes down and Jimmy rigged it so that I had one gear this entire mountain bike trip. And um, it was like a middle gear, so it wasn't too hard and it wasn't too easy. And I just plowed through it. And this bike took me all the way up to the top, all the way around Bogus Basin. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing, but I think it's like eight or nine miles, something like that. And then in the very back part, you come down this swinging downhill, this traverse. And I remember thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like Fred Flintstone. You remember um, in the Flintstones when Fred Flintstone would use his feet Fred and Barney and all them would use their feet to get their car to go. And then um, they would also use their feet to stop. I was like Fred Flintstone trying to stop because the brakes went out on the bike. I was, uh, my butt was forward of the seat. My feet were down. I was just going around these curves and all the way to the bottom. And I got down to the bottom and had a beer and a bunch of different cuts on my legs. And I was dirty and sweaty and exhausted. And I remember Brian being like, was it worth it? And it is. And it, was and it always will be worth it and it was worth it greatest experience in my life ultimately for safety purposes i was able to convince katie to um you know help us invest in a bike that was safe where i wouldn't end up killing myself and now i love mountain biking and again just another story like of in my life 
things, times, events where if I hadn't have done it, I would be bummed. And I'm so glad that I did. And I'm guessing that there's things in your life that you haven't done. And those are decisions that like, good for you. You didn't make them for a certain reason. Maybe your gut was calling out and uh, your intuition was telling you not to. And then, you know, but also there's decisions that I've made and I'm sure there's decisions that you've made based out of fear, you know, fearful of what the result will be, fearful if it's the wrong decision, fearful if it'll be a waste of your time and your money. And here's the thing, it's not, it's not. If in any way, shape or form, you're thinking about doing something, if it excites you or interests you, if you, if you really just put yourself in, you stick your neck out and you do it, it'll be worth it. Always will be worth it. And um, in my like way of communicating in a scattered kind of crazy way, I hope that that was something that inspired you today. Uh, this is the end of uh, the episode. I just want to let you know too, Katie and I are in the Spotted Dog Yoga community are doing a 24-day challenge that's called let me get it right. Less hustle, more flow. 24-day holiday challenge, and it starts on December 1st. You can sign up at spotteddogyoga.com. Uh, you can get it on all of our social media um, channels. Do it. It's an amazing way to get 24 days of yoga, and it's free. You, um, It's 10-minute yoga classes that Katie and I are going to be teaching live every day online, but also you can use the classes at the studio. And that's going to be killer. So check it out. All right. Thanks for checking out Play Hard and Love Big Radio. Nick and Katie are in Folsom, California this weekend teaching. Come say hi. Have a great rest of your day. Namaste.